0: 40 years ago this fall, our founders came together to make sure that people in our part of North Carolina would never go hungry. Today, that commitment is stronger than ever. Our leaders, our staff, our volunteers, we share the same vision to help people when they need it and work to ensure that they don't. This is Path to Ending Hunger, the podcast for the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Today. We'll look at how the Friends of the Food Bank help us serve nearly 600,000 people in 34 counties.
1: Hi, everyone. I'm Tisha Powell, and welcome to Path to Ending Hunger. And I'd like to thank everyone who listened to our first episode. We enjoyed talking to Barbara and Peter about the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. And speaking of the Food Bank, we are in the test kitchen right now of the Food Bank's working warehouse. So you may hear a little bit of noise. So just pardon me interruptions. We're going to try to work through them. So, every time a new list comes out about the triangle in North Carolina, we always seem to be in the top five of one of those lists, whether it's the top five places to live, the top five places to start a business, or the top places for millennials. But here's a list that we are on that we'd rather be closer to the bottom of, and that is North Carolina is ranked number five in homes at risk for a natural disaster. Number five. And if you are here for any length of time, you've probably known that we've lived through some hurricanes, tornadoes, floods. These are things that the people of North Carolina have had to live through. And every time a home is lost, a family is displaced, and that means that the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina has to step in, and today we want to talk about how that happens. And we can do that from a couple of perspectives. Um, With us today is Caroline Farmer. You are the Executive Director of Governor Cooper's Office on Volunteerism and Community, and we also have Community Service, and we also have Larry Morris, Director of Partner Services, right here at the Food Bank. So, Caroline, you are a Raleigh native. Um, You could probably tick off all of the disasters that we have had over time, the tornadoes from Fran to Dorian also. Hurricane Florence hit just a couple of years ago, and the Food Bank is still helping people recover from that. And when disaster hits, how much does your office or the state really um, rely on organizations like the Food Bank?
2: They're essential. Uh, uh, The Food Bank... I I didn't realize how much we relied on them until Hurricane Florence. And the ability to just have them on a call and agree readily to help out a group in Duplin County, for example, that did not have any food. They were stranded. And so there was only periods of time where trucks could get there and deliver food uh, to people desperately in need. You, you, You can't have better partners.
1: And when you look at the the state budget and how much money goes into so many things, how important is it for an organization like the food bank where just people in the community and partner agencies pour money and support into it? It it takes some of the the burden, I I suppose, off the state, and that's important.
2: It is, because, you know, What I found is that the state is doing an amazing job of handling uh, the big shelters to making sure that stranded individuals get um, safely uh, back to another location. But when you're talking about the smaller locations, rural locations, where uh, they all go to a a community center, a, a, a church or a warehouse for help, that's where the food bank started having these local pantries that they could assist during that, that um, hurricane episode. I, I've watched it happen multiple times. They've created these new partners to keep the storage, and you know all, all about that. So it was, it's incredible.
1: You have been working closely with the governor's office. I'm sure there are probably specific situations that stick out in your mind where the food bank may have stepped in. Is there anything that you kind of carry with you?
2: Um, I remember there being some times when, I gave the example of Duplin County, but there's been times uh, when locations like that that were so rural, only 500 people really affected of that small community, but they were desperately affected. There was no grocery store. There was no power. There was no way to even store uh, refrigerated items. And then the food bank, they take that information. They make sure that what they deliver can be used by those folks. They make sure that a regular delivery, keeping those supplies going, those kept people alive during those times, those very, very tough times. Mm-hmm.
1: And as a native North Carolinian, it must t- touch you personally to see people come together and help the food bank and take care of their own.
2: Oh, yes. I mean, I, I've, I've been, I'm from Raleigh, so I've seen a lot of hurricanes over the years. And it just seems like we keep getting hit over and over and over again. So, and now COVID. Now COVID. It's like a, it's like a completely different hurricane. So what
1: is it like being in government during a pandemic?
2: Uh, all hands on deck. Doesn't matter what your normal job is. Your job is now to help the residents here in North Carolina. I, I never have been, uh, I have no background in feeding. I have no background. I'm, I'm a lawyer by trade. So, uh, emergency management is not something I was trained on, but it doesn't matter. It's about all of us pulling together to fill the gaps.
1: And you've had um, a front seat to seeing what it is like from the executive branch of government with so many working poor yeah. in North Carolina.
2: Yeah, Are not working poor right now. Or yes, not there's working, so, There's so many that are unemployed at the moment. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And there's some tough choices to make, um, whether you're going to buy your,
2: your food or... Or pay your rent. Yes, and and as some of the uh, protections roll back in different communities, we're going to start seeing more and more need for food pantries, food banks to support them, uh, because those folks are going to have to make choices, and food may not be one that they can pay for.
1: From the governor's office, what type of call would you put out to people in North Carolina who may be thinking, "How can
2: I help? What can I do?" Uh, what I do on a regular basis is send out emails across the, the state asking for volunteers at the food bank. As always, because that is a consistent, regular, demanding need, especially during this pandemic. It's it's also critical during a hurricane as well, but we also post regular notices on uh, on our website we have rec- recruit volunteers from civic organizations churches and the like where when there's a need people will say yes sometimes you just have to ask
1: all right thank you caroline and we are going to come back and discuss the disaster that just never seems to end stay with us
2: Hey there, this is Vivian Howard from the PBS show A Chef's Life and Somewhere South. Growing up in Deep Run, North Carolina gave me an appreciation for local agriculture and traditional Southern food. But when I returned to Kinston to open a restaurant, it was clear to me many were struggling to find enough to eat on a regular basis. Which is why I support the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. They're working every day to nourish people and build solutions to end hunger. And They place a priority on distributing healthy and fresh food, including produce from right here in eastern North Carolina.
0: To find out how you can help, please visit our website, foodbankcenc.org.
1: Welcome back to Path to Ending Hunger, I'm Tisha Powell, and there are acute disasters that people have to deal with that cause hunger, and that could be things like tornadoes, floods, weather events that we are all aware of. But then there's something called chronic disasters, and those are things that we go through. And the worst chronic disaster that we're dealing with right now, of course, probably in at least the last century is COVID-19, maybe even the last 160 years. And because of COVID-19, the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina is distributing more food than ever before. In the past four months alone, more than 26 million meals to those impacted by COVID-19. The Food Bank has basically had to purchase more food than ever because of that and hire 20 temporary staff to help out. And we have Larry Morris with us now, the director of partner services and Larry, tell us how the food bank is coping and how families are coping every day with this.
3: Yeah, we're doing pretty well considering, Uh, you know, with COVID-19, it really has changed the way we had to operate and our organization is very resilient we have a lot of really creative people. So we've had to change up how we do things. Uh, normally, uh, when the food bank uh, has agencies come in and shop and receive services from us, we had to keep our employees safe, our volunteers safe, and the partner agencies safe as well. So we are actually having um, orders pulled in advance for folks. And then they come and they drive through and they pick them up and it's low contact. So um, again, we just kind of changed and adapted to COVID-19 uh, because we really want to you know, mitigate um, people getting sick.
1: Mm-hmm. And with the influx of people that you've had coming in, what are some of the stories that you're hearing?
3: Well, I talked to some of our partner agency representatives recently, and they're seeing people they've never seen before. Uh, People that have gotten laid off from their jobs, or they've seen people that they haven't seen in a long, long time coming to them. Uh, People are afraid. Uh, They don't really know sometimes where their next meal is coming from. They may not know uh, where resources are coming as far as, you know, monetary. Uh, A lot of folks have received unemployment benefits, but many have not for various reasons. And for those folks, um, you know, having food assistance from those partner agencies is vital. Uh, It's their lifeline, uh, literally their lifeline.
1: And what are some of the partner agencies that you have come to depend on?
3: Uh, We have so many. Uh, We have a network of 900 partners throughout 34 counties, and we have some that are designated as disaster agencies. And uh, even though this isn't a natural disaster, we do consider COVID-19 to be a uh, disaster. Uh, So we've called on those uh, 80 or some uh, odd uh, partner agencies that are our primary disaster relief partners to get food out into the communities, and we call on them first before anybody else. Not that we don't work with other agencies and even outside entities, uh, but those are our primary folks that we reach out to and uh, they're doing an excellent job of making sure that people are getting the resources that they need.
1: What about the agencies who are thinking about, you know, we wanna do good in the community, we're not quite sure where to turn, why should they help you?
3: They should help us because we are efficient, uh, we're creative, we have lots of partnerships, um, and we're able to, we're just, we're dependable. We're able to get food and other resources out where it's needed. Uh, We have boots on the ground with our partner agencies, and uh, they can tell us where the needs are. They can tell us what their individual communities and, and indiv- individual families need as well. Uh, so that's why we should be uh, you know, supported by the community. And the community has really come, come through for the food bank. Uh, individuals come through for us all the time. Uh, corporations, uh, you know, uh, foundations, et cetera. Uh, we're a really trusted entity in the community. And, uh, and we get the job done as well as we can.
1: How long have you been with the with the Food Bank?
3: I've been here uh, 27 years now, so it's been quite a long time. I've grown up at the Food Bank, basically. Started out when I was about 23 years old. Why do you stay? I believe in the mission of the Food Bank, and, um, and we... Food is something that connects all of us. And being able to have that kind of impact on our community and on our partner agencies is what keeps me coming back every day. And I'm working with some very incredible people here at the Food Bank itself, but also with the partner agencies. just met a bunch of different, um, just wonderful people over the years, uh, people who have a heart for this work. And, um, and it's just very powerful work that we're doing each and every single day.
1: I remember being at your old location when I was a younger reporter, um, and I had to go and interview my general manager, and that was the one of the first interviews that I did was, was at the food bank. Um, when I think about how much you have grown, you were really more prepared for this chronic situation that we're having right now. Um, you're probably relieved with the growth that you have experienced here that you are ready, are more ready to deal with, with this COVID-19 pandemic.
3: Yes, uh, our leadership at the Food Bank, you know, including our board of directors, have really put resources um, in place for us to be able to handle something like this. And again, like I said, uh, we have a very smart, creative staff and we came up with a really good plan in order to be able to meet the need for COVID-19. This is something we've never seen before. And I think going through so many different disasters, though, has prepared us for COVID-19, even though it was a totally different animal. Um, but having a really good disaster plan in place as well, because we do have a written plan that we follow. And we've had to tweak it a little bit, you know, because of COVID-19. Um, but having that plan has helped us to, you know, stay, stay the course and, and be able to be effective and, um, and not to have to guess and uh, we do have uh, weekly meetings of a crisis planning team here at the Food Bank. Uh, so we're looking at, uh, you know, what are the trends, what's happening out in the community, what the needs are, um, you know, what our blind spots might be. And, um, and that meeting is a meeting of our directors and our senior leadership as well. And uh, during those meetings, again, uh, we're planning, uh, we're, we're looking out for what may be, be, may be down the road as well.
1: All right. Thank you, Larry Morris, Director of Partner Services here at the Food Bank. And when we come back, we'll look at the long lasting impact of disasters, including COVID-19. The Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina has provided food for our friends and neighbors facing hunger in 34 counties for 40 years. Simply put, the Food Bank works every day to provide food to people in need while building solutions to end hunger in our communities. Through a network of more than 900 partner agencies, such as soup kitchens, food pantries, and shelters, they nourish families, children, and seniors living with food insecurity. Through education and programs, the Food Bank empowers communities to overcome hunger, creating an environment where all North Carolinians thrive. Find out how you can help by visiting foodbankcenc.org. That's foodbankcenc.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Tisha Powell. Welcome back to Path to Ending Hunger. We are here in the teaching kitchen in a working warehouse at the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Thank you for joining us again. How long will this impact our community and how long will the food bank be able to sustain the work that you are currently doing? Larry Morris, can you th- you think you can answer that?
3: I'll try. OK. Um, no one really knows how long this is going to impact our community because we don't know how long the pandemic's going to last, first of all. Um, But even after it's over, uh, people that have lost jobs uh, are going to be trying to recover from that for quite a while. Um, And the folks who have lower wages already and haven't been able to find more work or maybe they didn't receive unemployment benefits are going to be struggling for quite a bit uh, to, you know, pay their rent, pay their mortgage, uh, pay for medication, doctor visits, etc. And uh, they might be struggling on a normal basis, but add the pandemic into it and uh, they're going to be recovering for a while as similar to a natural disaster where the disaster happens, you know, we're doing disaster recovery, and then um, you know, it takes you know, a couple of years or so, uh, sometimes for people to recover. So this is gonna be with us for quite a bit. Mm-hmm.
1: And Caroline, from the governor's office, I can't imagine the conversations that you're having right now and thinking, okay, how can we support our communities? What are some of those conversations like when it comes to COVID-19 and making sure that everyone has enough to eat?
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I think the first priority is everybody stay healthy and try to keep everybody fed. Um, As a general rule, we want to make sure we want to protect people, but also keep their livelihoods as much as possible. And for us, having partners like the food bank that we can lean on when there is a a fallout is uh, incredibly uh, helpful. For example, you know, this spring we had, the schools were still doing feeding to the children. And I will say that multiple times there was cases where either a bus driver that was carrying the food or a a worker in the kitchen got COVID. And in that case, they had to shut down immediately, notify everyone. But those kids still were hungry. They needed food. And with the help of the food bank, they came in, with partners, volunteer groups, and made sure that during that break of service that those kids got the food that they needed. We need more help like that. There's so many areas around this state where people are suffering and we want to make sure that we are trying to reach out, find those people, and help them.
1: And you've seen firsthand with the people just coming into the food bank. The, the suffering and COVID is something that no one saw coming and now having to just simply adjust.
3: Yeah, and uh, there's been a tremendous increase in the number of folks who have been, uh, um, who've been served by partner agencies as well, people that are in need Uh, In fact, I'm looking at some statistics from our monthly reports from our partners. um, If you compare April, May, and June of last year to this year, we've seen about a 38% increase in the number of folks who who have been served by our partner agencies that have food pantries. And if you look at just June of last year compared to June of this year, it's been about a 58% increase. So the numbers are really staggering. and We've had some agencies that have seen, you know, Well over 900 percent of an increase. Some agencies have seen decreases for various reasons. And uh, some of our partners have actually had to close down um, because of fears of uh, people catching COVID. They might have a lot of volunteers who are older, who are in some of the high risk categories. And uh, we've had agencies that closed and then uh, they kind of reset themselves a bit and then reopened uh, so that they could um, they could really work with the community and get food and other resources out.
2: We even had to have the National Guard come help out because of the, the uh, uh, since most of the volunteers are older adults, um, there needed to be some uh, backup support to help y'all.
3: Yeah, the National Guard was a godsend to us. What was that? The National Guard was a godsend to the food bank.
1: And explain why.
3: Uh, because we did have to kind of adjust how we had volunteers here. I had to reduce the, some of the numbers of people who've come in. Uh, we had to make sure we were doing social distancing. And, uh, and they were just good, steady, reliable volunteers. And uh, they actually made some deliveries out for us in some places. And uh, just people with some good strong backs to help us do some lift, heavy lifting in the warehouse, literally. Uh, but yeah, but they, they were great.
1: One thing that we've seen on on my station is people having to wait wait in long lines to pick up their food. If you are someone who needs that help, what's the best action plan to take so maybe you're not waiting so long or you know where you go will have food waiting for you?
3: I would say to try to call in advance if at all possible. Uh, Just just to see if the agency's open and has resources available. Sometimes people believe that there's going to be a scarcity of food, um, and they might get to the place a little bit earlier than they need to. In fact, um, I touch base with one of my partner agencies recently, and uh, they didn't open until 9 o'clock, but they had people coming out at 5 o'clock in the morning. Uh, in fact, one client came out about 3.30 in the morning uh, to wait. That's a long time to wait for food assistance. So I would uh, let people know, you know, don't go so early. Uh, most of the agencies do have plenty of food available uh, currently because uh, they're getting a lot of food from the food bank. Bank and other sources as well uh so sometimes people may run out of food uh, as far as our partner agencies go but most of the time they're able to, to serve most of the folks that come out
2: and, so, and some uh, just to, to add to that i would say across the state there are entities that aren't regular pantries that y'all y'all uh provide food to and they might supply those uh, items once a once a week and uh uh, what I've seen is that they'll even take reservations, so they make sure that they have enough food for everybody who's who signed up in advance. So knowing and calling and finding out what, what the best time is, what the, when you can come, is, is a wise move.
3: Yeah, and there, and, there are, and there are a lot of agencies that provide assistance as well. Uh, the Food Bank has a food finder app on our website, so people can go and they can type in their zip code, and then they can find out all the different pantries and, and other emergency service p- providers that are in the area.
1: Thank you so much. You have been listening to Caroline Farmer, the Executive Director of Governor Cooper's Office on Volunteerism and Community Service, and Larry Morris, the Director of Partner Services here at the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Thank you both for your insight and your expertise today. Our next episode will look at how food donors make this place possible. And this has been Path to Ending Hunger, brought to you by the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. I'm Tisha Powell. Until next time.
0: This has been Path to Ending Hunger, the podcast for the Food Bank of Central and Eastern North Carolina. Thank you for listening and for caring. At the Food Bank, our doors are always open. Perhaps one day they won't have to be. Until next time. To find out how you can help, please visit our website, foodbankcenc.org.